grab your notes out, grab your pens as we jump into our new series entitled Edit. I want to read a portion of the book of Corinthians. The book of Corinthians is really two books, and it's written by a guy named Paul who hated Christians. He hated them, man. He was trying to destroy Christianity, and he didn't like Christians at all. And then he became one after he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. So he would go on to be one of the greatest propagators of the gospel this world has ever known aside from Jesus. And it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, and we'll look at two verses this morning, 15 and 17. And he, Jesus, died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Somebody say Easter. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. I like to read verse 17 out loud, everybody together, in all the alternative, alternative seating, the overflow, in the family worship room. Read this out loud, everybody together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Turn and tell two people, I like new. Come on, tell them, I like new. You'd agree with this statement that social media has taken the world by storm. Never have we had a generation with more access to the internet where we can take snapshots of our life and go ahead and post that online and share that with friends and let's face it, even random strangers. A little scary. And then we have sort of so many different forms of communication. We have Snapchat and we have Twitter and we have Instagram and Facebook and texting and even MySpace. What? Who's still on MySpace? So many different forms of communication. And have you ever done this before? Like we all know what it feels like to have posted something and then send something out there only to have autocorrect change what we wrote before we send it. Come on, talk back to me, everybody. Don't you hate that? Autocorrect is a function on the phone that enables you to like, you start typing something and it tries to anticipate what you're going to say. So it changes words around. How many have ever had this happen where you send a text message and the moment you send a text message out, you're like reaching in cyberspace like, please don't send that. I didn't mean for that to go out there. Well, I came across some funny conversations of where autocorrect changed what the people meant to say to say something entirely different. Take a look at the screen. This conversation said, hey, Rachel lost her phone last night and she thinks it might be in your womb. They respond, um, pretty sure it's not. Oh my gosh, room, room, gross. I meant to say room. Here's one. Are you going to church, Sudsy? Then they try to correct it. Subway? And they try to correct it. OMG, sub day. And finally, wow, I give up. Their friend says, struggling much? And their response is, God's telling me not to go to church. That's what they got out of that. Here's another one. Are you, are you around today? Oh, just barfing on a plane. Call in two hours. They meant to say boarding. Boarding a plane. Here's one. Your great aunt just passed away. LOL. What? What? Why is that funny? It's not David. What do you mean? Mom, LOL means laughing out loud. Oh, my goodness. I sent that to everyone. I thought it meant lots of love. 
I have to call everyone back now. Oh my gosh. How many want a couple more? I just want to say I love you. Oh, babe, I love you too so much. If I could, I'd buy you a casket. Ah, <coughs> oh, castle, stupid autocorrect. Way to ruin a moment. I definitely don't want to buy you a casket. Hello? She left the conversation. Hi, Bridget. Space, 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 space. How, space, R, space, U, space, doing, period, capital. I love this new phone exclamation point. I see you're using your voice text. You don't have to say space, mom. It does it for you. <laughs> uh, cucumber letter P, Ritalin. What? What does that even mean? Mom, stop. Just type. I love this one. Do you still need help sewing? I can come over on Sunday. No, I urinated my pants today. And then they try to fix it, but just repeat the same thing. I urinated my pants. I heard you. Why, are you okay? I'm trying to say unhemmed. I didn't pee myself. LOL, I was worried there for a second. This is sad. Where's Granny? I thought she was coming over here for Thanksgiving. Grandma's in the grave. What? What are you saying? Oops. Garage. I meant to say garage. Autocorrect. There's one guy talking to his friend. Hey, bro, I hate to ask this, but could you spot me some cash? Hi. What for and how much? I'm like 300 short for my Mott's applesauce payment due on the 15th. Uh, how much applesauce did you buy from them? Like, really, Jason? I'm laughing so hard I can't breathe. I, I meant to write mortgage payment. I'm late on my mortgage payment. I have to stay after school for leadership. Okay, if you need me sober, let me know. Otherwise, I'll be there at 5.30. Yes, mom, I will need you sober. Oops, stupid autocorrect. Sooner is what I meant. All right, last one. Jen and I are going skiing Saturday. Want to go? Feel free to inflate your girlfriend and bring her too. <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. They meant to say, invite your girlfriend, laughing so hard. Sorry. That's funny, I don't care what you say. Here's what we learned. That Siri doesn't always get it right. Well, guess what? Neither do we. Matter of fact, we all know what it feels like to post something in life that we regret. We all know what it's like to post something in life, write it, post it, send it out, and it's not what we meant to happen. There's a lot of people in life that have posted things that they've regret, and actually other people, they get confused. Because you send a text message like that, and there's all these letters. There's letters there. It's not that it's void of letters. They're just not in the right order, and it's confusing to the people that are reading it. And if you post something on Instagram, man, there used to not even be a way that you can fix the mistake. For anybody who's on Instagram, let me give you a short tutorial for those who aren't. If you look on the screen, this is my Instagram page. And if you look at the page, the very top says my name. You can put whatever name in there you want to. I put Sean Nepstad. Then I have my posts. Then I have the people following this page, which I would highly recommend everybody follow this page because my life is pretty interesting. <laughs> then the people I'm following, and then there's a place you can edit profile. Do you see that? Now, there's a picture that you can post of yourself 
I put one of my wife and I. And then it says my name again, and then a little caption about who I am in a nutshell. I love Jesus. I love my wife, my family, my church. I'm on a mission to change the world. And underneath that, you'll see different types of pictures that I've posted. Like this one is my family. This is what we've done. And in the lobby, you can actually go to one of the people holding a sign that says, By Stripes We're Healed. And it's just a little reminder this weekend that Jesus paid for our sin. Kind of cool. So there's the people who liked it. And then there's my name. And then by my name, there's a caption. A caption is where you, you write down what is going on in your life right now. You write down what describes the picture. So here's another one, me inviting people to church, and then the caption says eight times to choose from this Easter at Fellowship Church, beginning with Good Friday. Who will you bring? Just trying to invite people. Here's another one. Uh, here's a card. This is our Easter invite card. And down here below in my caption, I said, this is your best chance at getting a yes to come to church. Who will you bring? So just encouraging people to bring their friends to church. Here's the fun thing. You can post something and it immediately goes live. For instance, let's just do this. Let's take a little video, all right? I'm going to take a video, and you guys can scream and all that and make all the other services feel jealous. Okay, one, two, three, here we go. This is one of eight services. This is a crazy bunch of people. All right, all right. So now I press next, and then it's going to ask me to sh like say something in the caption, write a caption. Now, I tried to say earlier what a good-looking group of people. And then the auto text changed it and says, when I, when I get in a groove, people. <laughs> so let's just write that. When I get in a groove, people. Now let's say I didn't catch it. Like I said that, the auto text corrected it, and I shared it. Now it's live for the World Wide Web, ladies and gentlemen. You can go on there and comment if you like right now. And this is exactly what a lot of us do in life. We post something and we realize it's a mistake. Now listen, up until a few years ago, there was no way that you can even go back and correct it. But I'm here to tell you that Instagram came out with an update. It is an incredible update. Now you can go back in and press an edit button that allows you to delete and rewrite your story. So if I go back here and press these three little dots and I press edit, I now can backspace, 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 delete. And now I can, instead of that, replace it with what I meant to say, what a good-looking group of people. And when I click done, let me tell you, it is finished. There's no history of the mistake. There's no record of the error. It has been completely rewritten. This is a great analogy for life. Because all of us know what it's like to post something in life that we regret. All of us know what it's like to have stuff in our history that we're not proud of. And when we turn around and we look at our history, many times it leaves us, write this down, confused. We feel so confused. I've talked to so many people in life, and I'm like, man, how's it going in life? And they say, I don't know. I'm just so confused right now. It's almost like if you write something jumbled in the caption of your page, it's all these words and all these letters, but they're out of order, and it doesn't even make sense. For a lot of people, you'd say that today describes your life. Sean, my life doesn't even make sense right now. Well, if that's you, you're not alone today. But I know what it feels like to look back and say, I, I can't believe I did that. Like, at the time, it made sense. At the time I posted it, did that, said that, I thought it was a good idea. But now it's left me confused, and now I have this clutter of excess in my life that's brought so much confusion to me. 
I wonder if I'm talking to anybody in the room today that feels that way. Where your life is full, but it's full of the wrong stuff. Anybody ever seen the show a few years back that came out called Hoarders? That's a horrible show. It's filled with people where their families are trying to do like, like interventions with them because they cannot release the past. They, they carry so much junk. They hoard it in their house. They can't even walk through the house. They have piles of newspapers from 1970. And, and it's, their life is literally taken over by their past. Well, my wife would call me a hoarder. I know. I, would, I wouldn't say I'm a hoarder. I would say I like to save memories. Come on, where are all my hoarders? I mean my saving memories people at. Don't point at anybody. Saving memories. My wife, she would be more happy if I would go home today and she would take all my junk, my stuff, my memories out of the garage and burn it on the front porch. She would have the best. I could see her giggling like, <laughs> that would be Diana. But can I just tell you, if it weren't for me, we wouldn't have the baby teeth of my girl's first lost tooth when they first lost a tooth. If it wasn't for me, we wouldn't have the remote control car from Sean when he was 12 years old. If it wasn't for me, we wouldn't have the, the golf set that I bought for my wife hoping that one day she would play golf with me. And now that I'm saying it out loud, yes, I'm a hoarder. <laughs> I like to hoard stuff, I like to keep stuff. And for many of us, we don't fill our garage with stuff. We fill our life with our past junk. And we refuse to let it go to the point where it's so much excess, so much stuff that's keeping you down. You're unable to live the life and the quality of life that God has called you to live. You're confused. Not only confused, write this down, we become very lonely. Lonely is such a deep-seated emotion that most people feel and few are willing to admit. So many of us feel lonely. Now, here's the thing about loneliness. You can, you can be on social media and be lonely. You can be in a room full of people and be lonely. You can be in a church and be lonely. You can have a thousand friends on Facebook and still be lonely because loneliness is not predicated on your proximity to people. It's based on the depth of your relationship with God and others. And that's why, my friend, small groups at our church are where it's at. That's why they're so important because Sundays are not enough. you got to do life with people. you got to build a relationship with people. So if you go to our website, you can check out a plethora of small groups of people meeting for Bible study or basketball. But they're going the same way as you. They're wanting the same thing in life as you. Because if you're not careful, loneliness sets in and loneliness is a trap from the devil because he's trying to destroy your life. He gets you to, if you're lonely, you fall into the, also the comparison trap where you start to compare your life to other people. You're comparing your life to others. It's like you compare your everyday life that you're aware of to somebody else's highlight reel on Instagram. And you're comparing, you start to feel less than, you feel like your life is not worthy of living, you feel like, man, I don't compare, I don't measure up. It's exactly where the devil wants you because he's trying to destroy your life. He wants you alone and isolated because you're an easy target then. And then write this down, shame comes on us. Shame comes on us. Shame is never from God. But we all know what it feels like to do something, to post something in life that we wish we didn't. And when we post it, we're like, man, I can't believe I posted that. I can't believe I said that. Can't believe I did that. Can't believe I went there. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. And when that happens, the devil throws shame on us every time we sin. Here's the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is about what you've done. Shame is about who you are. It becomes your identity. You, you take on shame. And here's why shame is so scary. 
Because shame comes to you and says, there's no way that you're ever going to change. You're stuck exactly in that place. There's no chance of changing. There's no hope of modifying. You're stuck with the caption that you created for your life. But can I tell you, the good news of Easter is that Jesus comes and says, you're not stuck in your past. But Jesus has come out with the ultimate update. He is the ultimate edit button where Jesus Christ himself steps into our confusion, steps into our loneliness, steps into our shame and our sin and says, backspace, 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 delete, delete, delete. And when God deletes your past, I'm telling you, there's no history of a mistake. There's no record of your error. He completely erases the pain of your yesterday. Come on. Take three seconds and thank God for his ability to delete our past. He's an amazing savior. The fact that we can have our sins forgiven is the greatest news you've ever heard. But it gets better. It doesn't stop there. Like if I make a mistake on Instagram, here is what I do. I quickly run over, I press the edit button, and I backspace delete, and I rewrite my story because I don't just leave the page blank and empty. I rewrite what was intended to be written in the same place that there used to be a mistake. When Jesus Christ deletes your past, he doesn't want your life just to be blank and empty. He now is going to take a pen and rewrite your story of what was intended to be written over your life the entire time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, the good news of Easter is because of the cross, where there used to be written over your life emptiness, God deletes that and writes, fulfilled. Where there used to be written brokenness, he deletes that and writes whole. Where there used to be delete, where, where there used to be written pain, he deletes that and writes, you are now healed. Where there used to be written abandoned, he deletes that and writes rescued. Where there used to be del- written confusion, he deletes that and writes clarity. Where there used to be written crushed, he writes restored. Where there used to be written forgotten, he writes you are loved. And where there used to be written sin, he comes in, deletes that and says, I want you to know your life has now been forgiven. Come on, is there anybody in the room that's grateful today that we have a risen savior who's able to rescue and save somebody shout edit he comes to edit your life to delete your past and rewrite your story that's the good news of easter that's why we celebrate that's why we sing that's why we're jumping in worship and music somebody like why are they singing and jumping and laughing laughing and clapping a lot of people make a lot of noise for a lot of teams baseball and football teams for people that they don't even know your name and yet here we are the king of kings and the lord of lords jesus christ gave his life for us we're gonna scream a little bit we're gonna shout a little bit because he's changed our life completely come on clap your hands and say a good amen god's not just willing he's able this last week i saw this guy on instagram he was trying to lift a thousand pounds it's a lot of weight he lifts up, he's going there and he's pumping himself up. Real big dude. Kind of like me. <laughs> you didn't have to laugh that hard. <laughs> he gets out on the bench, he's psyching himself up, he's just going for it. He's making noise. And he starts to lift it up. He couldn't, he couldn't lift that up. It fell on his head, almost decapitated him. It was like fail. Hey, listen. He was willing, he just wasn't able. When we look at God, he's not just willing to forgive because of Jesus Christ dying for us and resurrecting, he's also able. But as willing as God is to forgive our sin and bring us back to life, it's so interesting because so many of us find ourselves unable to get past our past, unable to see a way out. 
We can see it for other people, other people, but we're like, I don't think God can do that for me. So frustrated because although we keep trying, we keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Here's another funny conversation of a mom on a text with her daughter. Can't get this right. She says, I love you to prairies. And the, the daughter's looking at her like, what? She tries to correct it. I love you to POCs. I love you to prices. I love you to pieces. Didn't even spell it right. Like autocorrect. I give up, stupid autocorrect. Come on, how many have been there? Okay, listen. This is a picture of life. Because life does not just get better autocorrecting itself. If anything, we know the futility of that, trying to fix it on our own. We just end up making the same mistake over and over and over again. And we become so frustrated in life that we turn around because we're trying to do this in our own strength. We, we become like the mom in the text where we say this out loud. I give up. I'm so tired. I've tried to correct it again and again and again. I told myself I'd never do it again. I told myself I'd never go there again. I told myself I can fix it. I, I can be me and I can, I can conquer this thing. But here's what you realize. You can't by yourself. That's why we need Jesus. Romans 3.23 puts it this way. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It didn't say y'all have sinned. All of us have sinned. We've all missed it. Every one of us has missed the mark. That's why we need God so bad. And the answer is found in the next verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21. The New Testament is written in Greek, so this one verse has 21 Greek words and it's translated into English. It's a few verses past our theme verse today, but here's the answer. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, so what do we do? Here's what God did. God made Him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me explain what happened. On the cross... God the Father treated Jesus as if all he had done is committed every sin of every person who has ever lived. So that now, after we receive Jesus into our life, God can look at you as if all you've done is righteous deeds. In other words, Jesus copied and pasted his life over yours. That's what he did. That's what Easter's about. But even with that being said, some of us, we look at what God has done and we haven't accepted that. We feel buried alive. Like, I don't know if I can do this. I feel buried by life right now. Many of you are familiar with the term graveyard shift. To us in America, that just means you work at nighttime. Here's what it means and where it originated back in England during the 1800s. It represented something because during this season, of life, there were so many people dying so rapidly, they were burying so many people that they, they lost space. There's so many people dying from sickness, disease, and lead poisoning in particular. So here's what they would do. They ran out of space in the graveyards. They would exhume the bodies, dig them up, take the bones out, place the bones in a boneyard, turn around and reuse the graves. But here's what they found. They found that one in every 25 graves or caskets had scratch marks on the inside. Because one out of 25 people were buried alive. You see, lead poisoning brings about this comatose state. And they were burying people. And these people would 
die a horrific death, trying to get themselves out of the grave to no avail, and they would die a gruesome death. Here's their plan. From now on, we're going to tie a string around the wrist of every person we bury, tie that to a bell on the main ground level, and we're going to sign a person to watch over this. They will be called the graveyard shift. These people are assigned to do one thing and one thing only. Listen for the bell. If they hear a bell, they're going to run over here and grab that shovel and immediately start to dig up the person. Can we all admit, scariest job ever. (laughs) And bring this person back from the grave. Listen to me, everybody. A lot of you today feel buried in life. You feel buried because of temptation, buried because of sin, buried because of depression and worry and anxiety. I've got some good news for you. Even though you feel buried in life, we have a God who works the graveyard shift. He's been waiting for you to ring the bell, waiting for you to just turn to him and run to him. God says, I'm going to come running to you with my shovel to dig you up. And you say, Sean, but wait, I feel dead on the inside. It's okay. Because even the power of death could not stop our Savior. As a matter of fact, that's exactly the reason Jesus Christ came. He was born. He lived a perfect life. He died in our place. And when he was buried in that tomb, he didn't ring a bell. It was the power of God. And early on Sunday morning, just a little before day, Mary came running to the tomb and found that the tomb was empty with an angel sitting on top of the tomb taking a selfie for Instagram. And in the, in the caption, he wrote, hashtag, he ain't here. Jesus Christ had risen from the dead, conquering hell, sin, death, and the grave. And now he gives forgiveness, hope, healing, eternal life to everybody who calls on his name. Come on, clap your hands and thank God that we have a risen Savior. It's who he is. He works the graveyard shift. I don't care how buried you feel your life is. You're not deep enough for God that he can't get to you. He wants to bring you to life. Look at this next verse, Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Romans 6 verse 4 says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too, like he includes us, we too may live a shout new life. life. Come on, shout new life. life. He wants you to live a new life. But it only takes place when he is the one to raise you up. We can't do this alone, everybody. That's why we need Jesus. A lot of people celebrate the death of Christ, but they don't celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Without the resurrection, the death is meaningless. It's the resurrection that makes Friday, the death, actually purposeful. Like Everybody dies. Jesus conquered death. He rose. He paid for our sin. Listen, sin will get a payment. Everybody's sin must be paid for. Who's going to pay for it? A lot of people are like, why does God send people to hell? Listen. God doesn't send people to hell that he's mad at. Hell is a place reserved for people to pay for their own sin if they want to. My recommendation is you don't have to pay for it. Let Jesus pay for it. It's already paid. Does that make sense, everybody? So here we have Jesus. He wants to raise you to life. He wants, he's paid for your sin. Just receive that. In Instagram, there's a search bar. It's interesting if you go into your There's a lot of analogies, but the search bar is where people spend countless hours wasting time searching for meaningless stuff. Come on, talk back to me, somebody. You know exactly what I'm talking about if you're on Instagram. All this time, wasted, searching, for what? Nothing. Just. Okay, look at me, everybody. Let me ask you a question today. What are you searching for?
Like in life, what are you searching for? Purpose? Meaning? Fulfillment? Forgiveness? You won't find that apart from Jesus. As a matter of fact, all the pictures in your search area, they're directly related to the people you follow. So I guess a greater question on the table today is, who are you following? Jesus comes along in Matthew chapter 16 and says, follow me. You're like, man, I can't do that, Sean. I got too much baggage, too much past. I don't know if I can do this. Listen, what God has in front of you is so much greater than what's behind you. If you would just believe, if you just receive that and follow Jesus. You're like, Sean, but I, I feel dead on the inside. It's impossible. Listen, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. I'm going through something bad. Okay, I understand that. But if what you're going through is not bigger than a dead Jesus, then you and God have got this. Because if he can raise Jesus from the dead, he can raise you to life too. Somebody say a good amen. So what do we do? What do we do? Three things. Number one, you need to realize how much God loves you. Realize how much he loves you. Many people struggle with the love of God. I don't think he can love me. I've done too much. The Bible says nothing can separate you from his love, Romans chapter 8. And here's the famous verse, the gospel in a nutshell, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. He didn't hate the world. He loved the world. That's why he sent Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever, like that's a big wide open gate, whoever, whoever wants to, whoever believes in him should not perish, but they can have eternal life. He loves you. And my wife and I were just, you know, getting to know each other. I wasn't sure that she liked me. And I really wasn't sure if she loved me. Now, the fact that I wasn't sure, I only thought she liked me, it made me work a whole lot harder to earn her love. Listen, if you only think God loves you and you're not sure, you'll work to try and earn his love. And I'm telling you, you don't have to work for something you already have. Have you ever been watching a TV show before? And in the TV show, like a commercial comes on and it says, this show was brought to you by, or sponsored by, and it lists the name of a company. Nabisco. Oreos. Denture cream. <laughs> like it lists, it lists an organization or a company. Here's in essence what it's saying. That this show was sponsored by this company. In other words, you wouldn't even be watching the show had they not sponsored it. You wouldn't even be experiencing what you're experiencing right now if somebody else had not paid for it. Can I tell you, forgiveness has been brought to you today by the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ paid for our sin. We wouldn't even be experiencing peace, love, joy, eternal life had Jesus Christ not come to planet Earth to love you enough to pay for your sin. He loves you with an undying love. Nothing can separate you from his love. You need to realize how much God loves you. Come on, somebody say he loves me. So what do I do after we establish the fact that he loves us? Number two, write this down. I would recommend that you repent and turn to follow Jesus. Repent is not a bad word. It's not a harsh word at all. It simply means you turn around. You were going this way. You turn around to go this way now. You repent, and then you start to follow Jesus. Here's the thing about Instagram. You get to pick who you follow. I can't force you to follow anybody. Same with Jesus. He's, he's a gentleman. He's not forcing you to follow him. You get to choose. He's giving you free will. But here's the guarantee. Acts 3.19 says this. Repent then and turn to God. Turn around. And then once you do that, your sins will be 
deleted, wiped out. And then there's extra, like if you call right now, there's more. Watch this. And then the times of refreshing would come from the Lord. Oh, some of you need this. We all need it. Some of you felt so dry, so empty, so lifeless. And just, you, you just need to know it's a very simple step. It's a repent and turn and follow. It's one motion. You turn and follow God, and he, he deletes your past, and then he turns around, and he gives you hope for tomorrow. Many times on your Instagram, when you take a picture of somebody, you go back in, and you get to, you look at who liked your picture. And I know none of us would admit it, but we all look at who liked the picture. And there's a few people that will like it, but you're usually looking for, like, that one person. Did they like it? Did, like, did I win their like? Was I valuable enough for them to move their thumb over and press my picture? Because their opinion matters to you. Listen, at the end of your life, there will only be one opinion that matters. That's Jesus Christ. Where he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You followed me. You received my grace. I forgave you. Enter into heaven. That's the opinion that matters at the end. So repent and turn to follow Jesus. If you do number two, you get number three, and that is where you get to number three. Write this down. Edit your profile. You get to edit your profile. The profile is it's your name. It's your picture. It's about who you are, all of that. But let me tell you, first, 2 Corinthians 5.17, our theme verse, reiterated, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is totally gone. The new is here. Listen, when God changes your life, he makes all things new. He gives you a new name. He says, you're now my son. You're now my daughter. He gives you a new picture of what your life ought to look like. And I'm telling you, you don't have to be satisfied and settle for where your life is right now. You don't have to stay the same because God wants to make you brand new. Come on, if you believe that, let's clap our hands and say a good amen. One last thing on Instagram. If you look on the screen, there's an area, the very bottom, the top of this bottom section where it says clear search history. If I click that, I'm presented with another window. A question, really. If I want to clear my search history, it asks me, are you sure? I now have two options. I can press cancel and forget that I even brought it up. Or I can press yes, I'm sure. The moment I press yes, I'm sure, it's completely erased, gone forever. Can I tell you, Jesus has done everything necessary to clear your history. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just, he will forgive our sins, he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God has done everything possible and necessary to clear our history. The question today is, do you want him to? Are you sure? Because you're now faced with two questions. We either cancel, and I'm begging you don't cancel. I'm begging you tell God today, yes, God, I'm sure. I need your, your forgiveness in my life. I need you to delete my past, delete my history, make all things new, rewrite my story today. And he said he would do it because he loves you. Would you do me a favor? Take that connection card out one more time. There's some of you today, you say, Sean, my life isn't what I would call right, right with God. Uh, I'm not, I don't even know where I stand with God. 
I'd like to lead you in a commitment prayer that you can pray right in your seat. I'm not going to have you stand or come to the front. Our heart's not to embarrass you. It's to connect you to Jesus. So please understand, we're not going to trick you into doing something. But maybe you're here and you say, Sean, I've never given the controls of my life to God. Or maybe you're here and you say, Sean, a long time ago I was close to God, but I've drifted away. Like my kids at the beach, we start off right here in the beach, and they start right in front of me in the water. An hour later, later they're way over there. They didn't mean to, but the tide took them. And I got to scream, come back over here. Maybe for some of you, you need that today. You need to realign yourself with God. For some of you, you're religious, but you're empty. You go to church, you know how to do the drill. But on the inside, you don't have a real relationship with Jesus. If that's you in either of those three categories, I want to lead you in a commitment prayer to give your life to Jesus, to begin that relationship with God. With everybody having the connection card in their hand, there's four letters at the bottom of that card. Could you do me a favor? This is the only time we ever do this is on Sunday, Easter Sunday. I'm never going to ask you again until next Easter. But I would like everybody to participate. So grab a pen. And in the quietness of this moment, would you just respond to one of those letters? A means I'm already a believer. I'm already a Christian. I'm growing. I'm good. B stands for I'm ready to begin a relationship with God. This is where what you would feel if you want, to, you want God to come into your life and you want to decide to follow Jesus or rededicate or renew your commitment to God. C is I'd like to consider it further. Not there yet. That's cool too. We invite you to keep coming and learn. And then D scares me a little bit. D represents I don't ever intend on giving my life to God. And if that's you, I still want to let you know our doors are open to you. We still love you and we're glad that you're here. But just check that box. Just be honest enough to check the box. A is I'm already a believer, I'm good. B is I want to begin that, I'm renewing my commitment today. C, I want to consider it further. D, I don't ever intend. Okay, check that box. Now just put it on your lap. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. and Let me lead you in a prayer. For everybody who says, I want to start a relationship with God, where I need to renew my commitment to God, I want to lead you in a prayer that you can pray right in your seat. I'm going to give you the words. But if you say, Sean, that's me, count me in that prayer when you pray it. I'm ready. I'm in. I need God to delete my past and give me a fresh start today on Easter. If that's you on the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand up and say, count me in. Come on. One, two, three. Lift it up right where you are. Just lift it up and leave it up. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, fifty, six, seven, twenty, twenty-one, two, three, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, thirty, three, one, thirty-two, three, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, forty, four, one, for two, for three, for five, for six, for seven, for eight, for nine, fifty, for one, for two. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, six, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, seventy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eighty. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Man, there's so many hands I've lost track. What you say, why are you counting? Because every hand represents a soul that Jesus Christ passionately loves and has a purpose for your life. Today, he wants to change and delete your history. But not just delete it, he wants to rewrite your story. Would you pray this out loud with me here in the overflow? Just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I am. Today I give my life to you, and I ask you to forgive me from all of my sin. Wash me clean. I'm all yours. Delete my past. Rewrite my history. Be my Lord and Savior. I'll follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, somebody say good amen.
Come on, could we clap our hands one more time for those that prayed that prayer today? Great job. Great job. So proud of you.